Hi everyone, it's Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 9 of the Speaking Club podcast. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello and welcome to the show. This is the sort of last episode in our sort of three episode mini series looking at storytelling. Hopefully you found the other ones useful and this one will wrap it up for you and give you all the basics you need to write cracking stories to use in speeches or copy or whatever. So in the last storytelling episode, we looked at the full-blooded 12-stage version of the hero's journey. You might have loved it or you might have thought, Do you know what, Sarah, that was a bit much. I want something that's easier to apply, maybe a bit more business focused and not so wizardy. Well, do you know what? Whether you thought the Vogler-Campbell model was a bit too wizardy or you just want to hear about the alternative, I've got your back. Because in this episode, we're going to take a look at Michael Haig's six-step model. And in the last episode, I think I was calling him Michael Haug. It's actually Haig, but he spelt it different to our ex-Prime Minister William Haig, which threw me. But anyway, it's Michael Haig. So <laughs> we're going to do Michael Haig's six-step model and... We're going to do some other great storytelling tricks and tips that will keep your audience as glued to your presentation as comics are to Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Now, remember, the whole premise of using these storytelling techniques and particularly the Heroes to Journey structure is to take your audience on their own emotional journey. The stories that have the most impact and influence don't just entertain they also challenge the readers and audiences to make a change. So you want them to alter their thoughts or behaviours so that they can live a better life or help others to do so. So that's what we're going for. So whether you're writing copy for a marketing campaign or a book or an important speech, whilst your audience might not have experienced the events of your story about climbing Everest or doing a TED talk or succeeding at business or your your sort of buyer's story, if you like, um, your testimonial case study, they should all identify with the fears and the inner conflicts that those characters face. And the emotional theme of your story should resonate with them and benefit them all. So now that we've unequivocally established over three episodes that the primary objective of a storyteller is to elicit emotion. Let's trot on with Mr. Haig's six-step success story process. That's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Mr. Haig's six steps. <laughs> Mr. Haig's six step. I can't even say it now. Mr. Mr. Haig's six-step success story process. Okay, let me just reiterate again that the essential ingredients of a story are character, desire, conflict, from whence comes the emotion, as Shakespeare would say, and the journey. So just like in Vogler's model, 
Step one in Michael Haig's model is called the setup. And it's where you illustrate the everyday life your hero was living before they heard about your product or service. And this is going to help the audience feel empathy for your hero. Now, step two is called the crisis. This is where you reveal the single event that forced them to solve their problem. The moment when doing nothing was not an option, either because their situation was so dire or the idea of change was so attractive. But before they could move forward, they had to create a goal and work out how they were going to solve the problem and achieve the outcome. So this is where you show how the hero researched, hesitated, analysed, compared options and so on before they finally chose you or your company to achieve their goal. Next is step three. That's the pursuit. You need to cover the actual steps your hero took to achieve their goal. And this gives your potential client or customer a clear and hopefully emotionally involving picture of what using your product or service or what following your advice actually entails. Next, we're on to juicy step four, which is conflict. This is where all the emotion comes from. And here's where we find out all the internal and external struggles and obstacles your hero faced as they followed your program or used your product. This is the part where you deal with any potential objections. And step five is the climax. This is the crescendo of the story, the victory your hero was striving for and that your readers and listeners have been rooting for. When your hero overcomes that final obstacle, crosses the finish line and wins. And then we're into step six, the aftermath. Or aftermath, depends whether you're posh or not. What happens to the hero as a result of achieving their goal? And this will show your customer the potential future they could have if they follow in your hero's footsteps. So those are the six steps, much simpler and more streamlined than in the other model. But I wanted to show you them in action too. So I thought I'd illustrate them with a story about me and one of my heroes, Mr. Pat Flynn, and this very podcast. So step one, the setup. It's February 2017. I'm walking the dog, listening to my podcast, getting lots of value. And I think I want to do a podcast. This year, I'm going to start a podcast. I love listening to them and it would be a great way to connect and share stuff I know and tips and stories from other guests to help people who want to become better speakers on whatever stage of their speaking journey they're on. So I start looking into it and I get some of the equipment because I always buy the tech first and then I begin to look around for some tutorials on how to set it all up and I listen to podcasts, I watch YouTube videos And although I consider myself to be okay technically, I just can't work it out. And I start feeling overwhelmed by all the moving parts. So I just leave it. But the thing is, I'd set this as one of my goals for the year and it was nagging at me. A, that I wasn't going to do what I'd planned to do. And B, that I'd basically quit when it became difficult. I'd been beaten by the tech stuff. Then we move on to step two the crisis. In June, 
I have a session with my coach to review my goals. And they asked me about the podcast. And I said, well, mm, it hasn't happened. Why? She asks. Because it's too technical. It's too difficult. And I just haven't got the time to faff about with it all. And she says, well, is having a podcast important to you? Or should we just wipe it off the list? At that point, I decide it is important to me. And I'm not going to be beaten. So I start looking around for some help as I finally accepted it wasn't something I could do all on my own. There are a few experts on podcasting out there, but some felt too technical and I just can't find one I like. And then serendipitously, Pat Flynn, whose podcast Smart Passive Income I Love, launches a podcasting course. Now, Pat is one of those people who are on my buy from list. Someone who I feel I've got so much value from for free that I actively want to pay to learn from them when the time is right. And it happened for Pat that the time was now. Step three, the pursuit. So I got Pat's Power Up podcasting course in late July. I joined the Facebook group and I start working through the modules. Between the brilliantly clear videos and the group and office hours, I'm making good progress. But then I get stuck. I've got a technical issue with Skype and a crisis of confidence. With Pat's help, I get the technical problem resolved. And then I've got to deal with the confidence issue. Step four, the conflict. I realise I'm having a full-blown imposter meltdown. I've got the usual, who are you to be doing a podcast? Plus, what if nobody listens? Followed by, this is a big commitment you're making. Are you going to be able to deliver every week? I was supposed to have set a date for the podcast launch, but I can't bring myself to do it with all the head clutter I've got going on. So I do a few things. I have a little quiet time to let the thoughts pass. Then spend some time over the next couple of days doing a pros and cons of doing the podcast. And during this time, I was visiting the Facebook group page for the course. What I saw there was lots of people facing the same demons as me, who had made it through to launch which inspired and motivated me again. I used Mel Robbins' five-second rule and set a date, which I then share. Having cleared my head and recommitted, I go for it. Step five, the climax. With Pat's step-by-step guidance, I do all the technical bits. And I tell you, if getting coaching does nothing else, it saves you loads of time. I could eventually have worked it all out for myself, but the podcast probably won't have launched until 2020. Pat also holds my hand through all the pre-launch stuff too and I'm so proud when on 5th of October the speaking club becomes a reality and I launch. Step 6, the aftermath. Well here I am, it's episode 9 and through the podcast even though it's early doors I've already met lots more great people. I've had some lovely feedback and it's almost had a thousand downloads. People have listened, people have got value and I've got my podcast out every week although this one was close to the wire. There you go. I hope that helped illustrate how you can use it. And as I said, you might find it easier than the 12-step, or you might find the 12-step helps you to get into the nitty-gritty of the story more. Now, I wanted to give you a, a few last tips through this model, around this model. You can absolutely use it to structure your own story, but there are some caveats and things to mention about this. 
Using autobiographical stories are great ways of connecting with your audience and getting the emotional buy-in. But you have to be careful because the market is flooded with rags to riches stories. And if it's not done in the right way, making yourself the centre of the story can make you seem a bit egotistical and self-involved, which will undermine your message and could turn people off. If you do use yourself, then focus on the problem and the pain you're solving for your audience. Your story is just a vehicle to get them to the aha moment we talked about, I think, in episode one of the storytelling, which is episode five, I think. And it's not for showing them how fabulous you are or how many celebrities you know and how many watches, cars and holidays you have. That is a surefire way to turn them off. As I've mentioned before, I think case studies are the most effective way of illustrating the power of your product or service for two reasons. You can only talk about yourself so many times, but talking about satisfied clients and customers gives you limitless opportunities. Also, depending on where you are in your journey, it might be easier for your audience to relate to and be inspired by someone who's just a few steps ahead of them rather than miles ahead because success or change will seem more attainable at that point. Now, here's those extra tips I was telling you about. How to add some colour. Use the present tense. I don't know if you noticed that I used it there, but present tense gives the story more immediacy. Past tense might be better for a case study, maybe. Try not to mix past tense and present tense. Use details. The more specific and vivid the picture you paint of your character's life, the easier it will be for your readers and listeners to see it and the more emotionally involved they're going to get. Maybe I would say two or three details for each setting, character, action. You don't want to just like keep on describing stuff because that would actually turn out to be quite boring. Um, Just enough detail to give a snapshot of the scene. The descriptions should also tell us about that inner journey the hero's on, you know, why they're stuck, what the fears are, the fulfillment, and so on. Use dialogue too, because quoting your characters and using their exact words makes your stories more vivid, more immediate, more revealing, and also more involving. There are some rules for dialogue. Firstly, I guess the most important thing is just make sure it's representative. Don't have your character talking like the Queen if they're from... Bolton or New Jersey um, the bottom line is it's got to feel natural um, I just make sure you say it out loud obviously if you're doing a presentation it will be out loud but when you're in that sort of rehearsal drafting stage make sure you listen to it out loud um, and the last thing is irrelevance just like in comedy we have a rule um, when you're setting up the punchline you need to take out all the fluff The audience only needs just enough information for you to misdirect them to make the wrong assumption. But more on comedy on another episode. But in this context, take out any situations or stuff that's unnecessary for them to get the story or irrelevant to the goal. And that's it. I hope over the course of these three episodes, you've got a bit more understanding of how to tell stories successfully. And as usual, I'll link to the resources in the show notes and Michael Haig's book. Um, And if you have any questions about anything story related that I've covered that you're not sure about or it's not clear or you want to 
bit more info on, then just get in touch with me. Now, next week, you're in for a special wedding speech episode with a serial best man who has got tips on how to do a successful and memorable wedding speech. And I'm moving to themed months from December. And in December, the theme for the podcast will be TED Talks. I'm going to have some TED organisers on, uh, a TED speaker, I think, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, if I can get her. She's got over 4 million views on her TED Talk. Uh, Also, I don't know if I've told you, but I did a TED Talk very recently. So I've got lots of uh, things that I want to share about that because I had lots of questions before I did it and I thought it'd be useful uh, if you had questions, you know, maybe you can tell me the questions beforehand. Just again, get in touch. I'll make sure I get them answered in December, either in the, the solo podcast I do or when I talk to organisers. So there's lots of great stuff to look forward to. I'll also include a link to my TED Talk when it gets to that episode. So you can have a butcher's at that. Anyone, uh, anyone from not from Cockney, London, butcher's. I should say butcher's is short for butcher's hook. And in Cockney rhyming slang, that means look. So I'll put my TED talk up with the appropriate episode if you want to have a look at that. Thank you as ever for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't. Please leave a review if you haven't. It really, really helps the podcast to get out and about and get more exposure to other people that can benefit from it. And share the podcast with others you might think will get some value out of it. And that's it from me. All I've got left to say to you is have a cracking week. Grab life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye bye. Hey, if you're listening to the show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theatre, marketing and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register, go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.